0: Hey, this is Dave Pryor. We're here at Agile 2018 in the Leading Agile booth doing interviews with speakers and thought leaders that are here all week long. And Troy McGinnis, keynote speaker, Uh Troy McGinnis. Thank you for coming by, sir. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Did a keynote today about data, data. Data, data. Normally, I think people might not find that to be that sexy of a topic, but you did a great job making it fun for everybody, and then you said some
1: totally insane things at the end. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's always the challenge of presenting on data is is that you've got to find a way to break down the barriers that everyone learned and got disappointed with during high school. Yeah. you know, it, there's this assumption that it's uh, that it's all hard and complex math and stuff like that, and so. You know, I worked really hard to try and make an approach which is what you do generally with your life anyway. You yeah, about it's that necessary; before. otherwise, no one hires you.
0: So, one of the things I took all these notes. I'm going to keep looking at my screen, but I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the, it's the, a people problem because I thought that was really interesting, an interesting point, and I think a lot of people like
1: they look at it and it's just. Bleh. Yeah. Okay. And they, and they don't get it. Yeah, that was that was a reoccurring theme. of Four or five slides there. I tried to tie that into everything. The data is a people problem. What do I mean by that? I mean, we can if we don't treat people with respect in a safe environment, we get bad data. Right. If we the reason we capture the data at all is to convince people that they should make a decision. Right. Uh, and you know, the best the, the way we can destroy the uh, utility of historical data is by Again, making an unsafe environment and having people leave, which means all the historical data doesn't matter because half your team's gone. Right. right? So if you don't focus on how data impacts people and how to use data to influence people, okay. then you're probably doing it wrong. And when you say impact, it's not just like you had the
0: example of all the defects that were shown up on the wall, but... Embarrassing people. Presenting it in a way that people can digest and that they don't find like, overwhelming and too yeah. troublesome to look at. It.
1: Yeah, you want, to, you want to make it engaging and you want to make people see the insights that help them make the decision you want them to make. Right. So your job is to uh, show insights, not data. Okay.
0: And, and so the, one of the things, I didn't get the end of the sentence, but you said congestion causes
1: us to be unable to predict something. You're talking about the, the traffic. Thing. Yeah, predict time between points. Okay. So if we're commuting and it's rush hour. It's uh, the variability in how long it takes us to get from home to work will be much greater okay. if we're in congested traffic because if it's free-flowing traffic, we know that we roughly drive the speed limit yeah. or less um, between all the roads between point A and B. We could just sum them together. Very easy calculation to do. Sure. But when we're going to be stopped by traffic lights and traffic accidents and road work, that's, they're things that are unknowable in advance. Okay. So any sort of congestion, which in our world is dependencies okay. or delays, waiting in queues for a certain st- uh, skilled staff, those things may end up mattering more than the actual size of the work we intended to build in the first place. Okay. And is it also related
0: to, like, when you were talking about it, it was kind of tied together in my head with getting rid
1: of some of the old data. Is it too much data? Can you have too much? I see. I see that as one of our biggest problems, uh, is that as we collect data, it's being collected on a system which was in place, a team. Um, and then as that team changes because people uh, get moved off onto other projects or sure. leave or you hire new people, that historical data has less and less value in predicting the future. Okay. So I think that one of the big problems I find is that inaccuracies that end up in forecasts is us using data from 2012 okay. which has no relevance in today's world right. and certainly no relevant in next week or next month's world. Okay. So um, I want people to be more eager to throw away data. Okay. And, um, you know, and that's hard to Not do. Not all of it, though. Not all of it. But keep keep the, the first 10 or 11 samples and then throw the rest away. All
0: right. Now, the talk was really great, really funny, because you're a very funny guy. And then at the end, you went totally nuts and said completely insane things so proud, full of Agile people, like,
1: we need bigger teams. Yep. yep. So, what the hell? What the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I showed data that showed that, yes, uh, 7 plus or minus 2, nine people did in work that Larry Mascheroni did prove right. that um, that is the optimal size if you measured across four different areas of quality, predictability, performance, and and consistency. Okay. Um, so it absolutely is true, the, the nine people is the optimal performance for all teams. But I want us to start thinking about trading that against the impact now of having to have teams perhaps having dependencies on each other to get to a final delivery point. Okay. And I want us to run the experiment internally. I want us to find teams which constantly rely and use each other. Why don't we merge them together for a release or two? Okay. And just see if that improves our chances of release. Because what I see in the work on dependencies is that every dependency we can take out of a system doubles our chances of delivering on time. Okay. Uh, and so why don't we give that a try? Why don't we go up to 15 people by merging those two groups which commonly have to work together anyway and seeing what happens. So
0: you said that and, and I totally get it and I know it comes from a pure kind of place but there's a voice in my head that's saying all the people that hear that, all they're going to remember is, oh, screw the dependencies. Let's just leave them there and have really big teams and just let our dysfunction continue to persist. Yeah, they won't, when they run the experiment, they won't see a difference. Okay. All right. Um, Willing to give them that chance. So, is it more about just helping them get better awareness of the impact of the dependency? Yeah, that is okay. why
1: I use such a strong metaphor. Okay. It was to sort of show that if you're not treating dependencies seriously, you should. Okay. And I, I do believe that tactically there are times where we should dynamically reteam and okay. and actually sort of um, collapse groups which have to work together anyway into one team to improve the communication across that dependency boundary. And There was a
0: really great example that that he showed of a company where there were these two massive dips in productivity, because everyone was forced to use their vacation time, Mm. and that's a very expensive thing.
1: I mean, not the people who shouldn't get vacation. Well, but if they all have to take it, at it was once. 900 people uh, times a month's worth of wages, and that's just if you take the cost of hiring them in, into right. account. Put them in a building, and then what haven't they delivered? What's the cost of the labor work that could have been delivered in December? Yeah. Had, and the solution was easy, right? Just expire people's annual leave on the on the month they started. So it's. Spread out for over a whole okay. year. You don't even have to cost your company any money. Okay. You can actually do that, and now have uh, more uh, even Group flow up. throughout
0: the whole year. Okay. And now the last thing I want to ask you about yeah. the thing that you said, I was like, oh god damn it, we should compare teams. Yes. What?
1: Why do we need? Why to compare would you teams? do that? <laughs> so the belief often is, is that data is used to build up teams. Yes. Yeah. And. What the, there's a, a hidden problem that we don't surface in the fact that often many issues affect every team. Okay. And until we can show that every team is having a performance decline in a certain aspect, yep. like a higher defect count or a, a lower sort of amount of performance, um, until we can show that every team has those same issues, often the teams individually get emailed, what happened last month? Yeah. And the only way we can counter that is by saying it happened to everyone. I don't think it's something we as a team can fix. Back to you. Okay. And I think that's the sort of, in the manufacturing world, it was always common cause and special cause variation. The art is in understanding whether this is normal variation that's affecting just one or two screws being manufactured, or has a machine gone completely out of whack and we're going to get yeah. a whole batch of bad yeah. groups because the system's broken. Yeah. In our world, I think we very we need to find ways to very quickly identify: is it a systemic management issue, or is it okay. a local team issue? Okay. Uh, and that's what happens when I go in. Everyone assumes it's all the teams that need to be ha- helped. Yeah. And what very quickly happens is I'm saying, well, every team is affected by this very common cause yeah. here, like vacation policy. Yeah. Can we do something about that?
0: Okay. So do you do you think that we're ever going to get to a point where? Somewhere in the organization, at management or at a PMO level or something like that, they're going to have somebody whose job is solely to... Because what you're talking about completely makes sense, and I can totally imagine lots of companies taking it and just using it the wrong way, but do you think they'll ever have somebody, a data scientist or somebody whose job is watch all this stuff, tell us what it means, and show us like, that, that it's a management problem or yeah. an HR problem, right. not a team
1: problem? It may start that way. Um, I, I hope it doesn't end there. Like I hope the idea of the keynote was to sort of show that this stuff is important to you as a coach, yeah. even if you're a people person. You know, data is a people problem. It's about showing data in a compelling way that gives evidence to people to make a better decision. Yeah. So I would hope that every coach, scrum master, and team member is curious about what area they could improve on. Okay. And so I, I, I Sure, initially it's going to be a champion inside the company and it might even become a dedicated sort of field, but I would hope that over time, our analytical ability as agile community grows right. enough that we can all make those same insights without the need of a data scientist. Okay.
0: And, and if only there was a person out there who was creating tools like this and making
1: them publicly available, the world would be a better place, which he actually does. That, that's, that was my intent on making them free, was to try and sort of... <laughs> lower the barrier to entry for people. Yeah. Say. It's not as hard as you think it is. So
0: people can track you down on focusobjective.com. Yep. Um And your Twitter, which I have written down. What is your Twitter? Oh, it's t, t underscore McGinnis.
1: Okay. Hopefully, there'll be a link to that somewhere. Yeah, it's
0: going to be in the show
1: notes. And then the GitHub, because that gets the people who really love the the, the tools and the uh, and the free stuff, all the spreadsheets, all but, the, the white papers. Focus and they
0: get focusobjective. They can go from there. there. Yeah. If you okay. go to
1: focusobjective, there's one that says free stuff Okay. Follow that link.
0: Cool. Do you have a recent one that you've created that you're really excited about?
1: I am. There's one I have which is um, an animated diagram that shows the connection between strategy, deliverables, um, individual work items, and teams. Okay. And it shows how they connect the dependencies, cascade through all the, for each feature that you're going to deliver, which teams are involved in it. Um, and what I'm hoping that we can start doing and using that tool is in retrospectives drag the date slider back to the start of the project, and see when we pulled work in, which wasn't the most sensible work to start, because I think we have a work start problem, not a work finish problem. I think we need to start work that finishes the most amount of work in the high priority items. And what I see is people starting work piggledy-piggledy in priority order. So it's a visualization to try and help people retrospect on um, why was that started by that team then. That's dumb. Okay. So so
0: if you're watching this, one of the great things about the stuff that Troy creates is they take very complex problems and he creates tools that make them really simple. And Like I can look at them and usually make sense of me, which is awesome. So on behalf of the community, thank you. Oh, thank you. And Thanks a lot. This was great. Hey. Great
1: to be here. Enjoy. You can relax now. You can go have I a can. drink and have fun. Yeah. I right. drank too much gin last night, so I'm, uh, I'm completely relaxed now. All right, cool. All right. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Uh, keep Cheers. watching. We'll be doing these all week long here at Adger 2018.